Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. So this episode is one that I put together quickly because with COVID on the rise again, I think it's uh, it's about time we learn a little more about it from someone we trust. And in this case, in my life anyway, I trust Jane McCarthy. So check it out, listen, and uh, get Jane's opinion on on quite a few things related to COVID. So it's a, it's a good episode and uh, a lot of thought uh, put into her responses and things that really helped me understand what COVID is all about and the risks for even the healthiest of us. So give it a listen and thank you so much to Jane for doing this for for all of us really so uh yeah mask up and let's get let's just get through this together just wanted to give a quick shout out to old bones therapy still enjoying their their product making me feel a little safer when riding and i'm seeing more of it around the trail scene which is which is pretty cool so give them a uh give them a look Probably through Instagram is easiest, but I'm sure in their profile, you can find the link to uh, check out product and order. This is a big deal. Powers Bike Shop is almost completely done with their move to their new address in Richmond, which is 3119 Williamsburg Road in Richmond. Um, I think everything else stayed the same. The phone number is still 804 3081847. The building looks pretty incredible. I can't wait to get down there. It's it's huge. It's got a huge area for the museum as well. And just looks like a great spot. So sometime I'd like to get down there soon, hopefully, and check it out. So congratulations to Chad on the the new home for powers. Lastly, I just wanted to wish safe travels and safe racing to everyone heading to the Grands this week. I'm sure I'll watch quite a bit of it on the live feed. That's always a good time. So, yeah, it should be awesome. Check out the All Things BMX crew down there. They're going to be, they're going to be pretty sure broadcasting live. So that will be, I think it'll be Facebook Live, I'm pretty sure. They're just uh, great people having a great time with with the podcast that they have. And uh, they're pretty far into it already. I believe over 40 episodes. So I'll look them up and uh, definitely say hello to them. They're a great group of people that uh, like to work to help each other spread as much good news about BMX as we can that's about it so enjoy your thanksgiving be safe and we'll talk to you soon probably isn't as loud as mine unless you're unless you're yelling at the kids all right right i would think no you don't yell at your kids never (laughs) no i can't imagine you ever would not my little angels no no yeah they are yeah they're they're angels yeah uh 
hey, I only see the best of them. Oh, they're yeah, always polite they're with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're always super polite, and they're always, like, grateful to see me. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is kind of, <laughs> you don't find this in regular, you know, yeah. everyday life. Sure. We won't pick on other sports or other areas, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so thanks for doing this. You're so very this welcome. Is, so I can officially say this is Jane McCarthy, good friend of mine, very involved in BMX. You uh, and the kids and Tim are more involved in in uh, trail riding now, in parks, would you say, than racing? Well, we have four kids. Our oldest, Kayla, is really into racing, so she does a lot of nationals and she races every week and she's really... She loves it. She races for uh, Velocity. Is that out of, where is that, Virginia, I think maybe? Yeah. I don't know, I think there have been two Velocities over the years. Yeah, over she just got on it like about a year ago, and she's very happy with the team. She loves oh, good. everybody on the team, so she's yeah. doing really well. Mm -hmm. And then we have our middle two, Sean and Julian, they're kind of doing the same thing, which yeah. is like the trails and parks, mostly uh -huh. trails. Yeah. But they like parks too. Yeah. And then Bradley, he just kind of goes for the ride. Oh, okay. Yeah. How old is he? He's eight. Oh, okay. And he likes to play video games. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Whole different risk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> the risk is not getting him outside yes. enough. So since this happened, to, oh, I'm sorry, this, as if everyone knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. So today, um, I thought of yesterday when we were driving back from Jersey, we went for the day. And we were super careful, ate outside at a restaurant and spent some time with my son and his girlfriend. And uh, we were driving back and I was going to be coming out today anyway for trails. And I thought, wait a minute, this has been bugging me. And I told Jason that I had the little situation at work. And uh, I, I think it's, I think it's like a, it's a PSA for everybody to me. Uh, I thought about asking you to do this because you would know better than anyone. So you're you're an RN at the hospital here on Long Island. Yes. And probably the best place to start, since I think I did I already talk about how awesome you are <laughs> and like super mom and you ride too from on a few women's weekends you rode right. I rode at one, yeah. All Not right. as much anymore. It's been yeah. a little crazy with work and everything. Oh, I'm sure. Anyway, so you were in the front line of COVID back in. March. Yes. Would you say March is yeah, the second week in March, the, right? Is yeah. that when everyone, that's when the crap hit the fan for yeah, everybody? Yeah, it was very fast. Okay. You know, I'm coming home and I'm thinking that this would be a good opportunity, you know, with, with the situation I had at work and uh, everyone, no one knows what to do. Yeah. Like, and no one knows, seems to know what to believe. And, uh, you know, people can choose to, to believe or not believe it. The, you know the what COVID is in the level of a virus that it is or level of pandemic if you want to call it that but I feel like getting some information out of someone in the medical fields uh, that's working in the ICU right every, yeah I just started an ICU yeah and back when you were were you on uh, on one of the the long-term patient levels of the hospital in the spring i was uh, on a floor that quickly became the floor where all the covid positive patients went mm -hmm. that were not intubated 
Got it. So anybody who was intubated on a ventilator mm-hmm. went to the ICU. Um, but anybody who was stable at the time um, would go on my floor. So I'm thinking we have like 20 something beds mm-hmm. on the floor and every one of them was full with a, co- a COVID positive patient. Wow. And you had people in the hallways, I've, I've heard at other hospitals as well, overflowing. So you, not all the rooms were... In my floor, we, w- we didn't have anybody in the hallways, but uh-huh. of course in the emergency room, when people were waiting for, for beds upstairs, there were mm-hmm. people in the hallways. I see. It, it, do you think that would, well, it had to be pretty common across the United States, I would think. Yeah, I mean, my only experience is at this particular hospital, but it seemed mm-hmm. like everyone was kind of having the same experience mm-hmm. in this area, at least at the time. Yeah. Obviously, it's changed into other states now, but in March, it was really like us and a couple of states on the West Coast that were getting hit the hardest. Oh, right, right. A little bit down the East Coast, where the population is, right? Yeah, so, the middle of the country wasn't really seeing what we what we were seeing at the time, because I guess it hadn't gotten to that, mm-hmm. you know, hadn't spread that far yet. But yeah, New York was definitely the epicenter for a while. Yeah, and we're not that far from the city, so of course, mm-hmm. it spread to us very quickly. Yeah, and then the people from New York City spread to where I live. Yeah, they moved. They went all over they the place. They got out of there and moved into my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It's not my neighborhood, but I'll share it with them a little bit. But um, that sounds pretty stressful. Um, was the do the demo are the demographics? Do they, do they make sense to you? The people that are affected and, and the people that have lost their lives, um, which seems to be heavier in like say seventy and over, or um. what do you? It was it was definitely mixed. I would say the majority of the patients were maybe 60s and older. Mm-hmm. That really went were very sick and and wound up losing their lives. But you know we had people in their 20s, 30s, 40s also that lost their lives. So mm-hmm. um, it really was kind of all across the board. And then people would were getting um, the virus and having like mild mild symptoms that really didn't even affect their day. So yeah. it was a huge difference in, you know, in patients yeah. and people who actually had the virus. It, it was, it, it really still doesn't really make any sense as to, you know, how it picks and chooses the patients that it sends over the edge. I think that's one of the, the larger problems that I've been witnessing is you've got basically people that, that got sick they said maybe i had it maybe i didn't mm-hmm. uh they're more of, of carriers actually it's the, the word uh, or the better description asymptomatic yeah so it feels like it gets discounted it gets it gets uh to the point where these people think it's less of an issue and yeah. more it's like in uh, an older senior citizen issue um but i'm glad you mentioned that you know, as as young as in their twenties, mm-hmm. was that were those situations where those people were already compromised in some way? Minor. Um, minor. Yeah, nothing that would like you know jump out at you like you know this person is very susceptible. Like, mm-hmm. 
obviously patients with cancer you would say right away well their immune system is lower so they're going to be more susceptible but it wasn't necessarily something so obvious mm -hmm. um, something in their history that really didn't affect them mm -hmm. on a daily basis right right um, but it, I mean it, it was horrible because the, the families couldn't visit you know they were saying goodbye to their family members on an iPad mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. We were, you know, we were trying so hard not to intubate people because once they were intubated, it was very hard to come off the vent. But at the same time, without being intubated, they were just, mm -hmm. they were going to die. So it was uh, a lot of hard decisions were made at that time. And the doctors were figuring out as they went. Like, it wasn't like anybody, you know, it wasn't, it hadn't been around long enough mm -hmm. for tried and true answers to, to right. anything. So... It was like a trial and error for a while. We we really got hit hard in like the middle of March. I went home one, one night. I had mm -hmm. no COVID patients. I came back the next day, there was four. The next day I came back, there was eight. Yeah. So it was like, it was so fast the way it happened. And, and I, my, you know, my husband, Tim was, was terrified. My youngest son, Bradley, he has a lot of respiratory issues. Not as bad anymore when he was a baby though. He had RSV and pneumonia. He was on mm. daily inhalers. So I was so scared that I was gonna bring the virus home to my family. So in like the middle of March, I moved out of the house into the camper uh -huh. and I stayed at my camper for like almost three months. Oh my gosh. By myself, I didn't have any contact with my children or my husband for, th for almost three months. Wow. And that's the level of dedication I don't think people quite understand with, uh, with nursing and, and doctors and so on. I, you know, it's definitely part of the same subject, but, uh, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that another time because it's career choices and it's, uh, yeah. thankfully your family supported that decision because of, of how important they know other people's lives are. Yeah. And, and maybe that, that brings me to a question of there, there's such it's not really I, I can't even call it a wide spectrum uh, of the way people feel about this because it feels like it's either extreme complacency mm -hmm. or super fearful I don't think there's anything it, I don't feel like there's anything really in the middle mm -hmm. um, what would you say to someone on, on either end of that spectrum with complacency and uh, you could start with the easy one. People that are too fearful, possibly, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, it's, it's hard to say because, you know, me, I like to go out and I like to go to all the events and the jams and I love that my kids are involved in something so wonderful as a BMX community. So it was really hard for me to say, well, you know what, we're gonna skip that this year because of COVID. So right. I did myself even get a little complacent, you know, mm -hmm. um, over the summer, especially when I saw the cases, were, you know, had pretty much dropped to almost zero in the hospital. Right. Um, I did- During the summer? Yeah, like July, August. I, we really weren't seeing anything in the in the hospital at all. We'd gone from like, full of COVID to nothing. Right. So even though I knew it wasn't like over, over. Right. I still was like, well, let's, you know, go out and enjoy our lives a little bit and be as safe as we can. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to live like this forever. <laughs> yeah, right. So, right. I mean, is that the right choice or not? I'm not really sure. 
it's hard to tell because obviously now we're seeing it coming back and I'm seeing it in the hospital again mm-hmm. and every day it's getting more and more so it's right. we're all in there terrified that we're gonna go back into another round of this so you know the people that are super fearful they're probably a hundred percent right you know mm-hmm. um, because I mean we look at everything now it's starting to get cold people are spending more times inside with each other mm-hmm. and the virus is spreading right. again right. and we don't know if we can get it twice like I tested positive for the antibodies but nobody knows if that's something that's going to last or not. Right. Um, there's just not enough time and with the with the virus to know what how people are going to react to it if they're going to be able to to be infected twice or if they're not or you know we yeah. don't really know. How fast and accurate accurately is the information coming to you and your coworkers at the hospital? As far as like, as far as from the government, uh, as far as from the, I guess you could say, uh, do you get your your information from the state or from the? Uh, does each hospital get it from the state or do you do you get it from uh, uh, federally? Um, to be honest, I'm not really sure exactly where they mm-hmm. you know get. I'm sure they're going with the CDC recommendations. Like recently, they just changed a policy where. Um, they want every employee wearing eye coverage in every room, whether they're COVID, mm-hmm. you know, suspected or not. Right. Because right. that is a, another, other than, you know, through your mouth and nose, your eyes mm-hmm. are a very easy way to get infected. So they're having us wear like a goggle or a face shield. And don't With touch. every single patient. Right, right. So, oh, I got you. Wow. Uh, but just something, not just, you know, if eyeglasses are not considered um, enough. They want you to right. have some sort of barrier and I mean I, I do it not everybody does it but I wear an N95 throughout my whole day mm-hmm. wherever I'm in the hospital in the hallways you know charting mm-hmm. in the rooms not the rooms I keep the N95 on now that lets you exhale but not inhale what the patients may have right yeah I mean it just has no it's it's um it's just a mask that that has like us it doesn't let the, the smaller particles that are like the size of the viral. Oh, it doesn't have an air, an air um, valve, I guess you could say. No, it's, no, okay. it's just. I'm thinking of a different one because yeah. it's that's no another valves. that's another argument with uh, with with masks. Um, how effective are you finding masks are and uh, let's say shields and maybe gloves uh as as far as the general public goes because that i mean just pumping gas i'm yeah i've got nitro gloves here just because and you know i hand sanitize the time yeah um it, it is that effective in you know to a certain level but a high enough level that it's it's better to do it than not do it well, as far as the gloves as long as you you know take them off when you're done with them and not wear them around like yeah. you see some people that are just wearing them all the day and right. the same as having your hands out you know it's not yeah, doing yeah, anything yeah. but if you're going to use them touch something mm-hmm. and take them off and use hand sanitizer they'll definitely yeah. be effective and as far as the masks they're they're mm-hmm. um there to stop droplets yeah which when you're talking eating sneezing mm-hmm. you know the virus is easier spread with droplets than it is with particles. It is airborne, but the the droplets is what they're worried mm-hmm. about. So that stops my droplets from coming out, 
and it stops your droplets from right. coming out, and it stops you from getting my droplets and me mm -hmm. from getting your droplets. So it's, gotcha. you know, it's a, it, it isn't as effective as an N95, but for day-to-day -day use, it definitely has, in my opinion, has lowered the, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that's what got us through the first wave. Is, sure. Is the masking by everybody and the compliance of everyone with that. Do you feel the the second wave that we seem to be pretty heavy in the middle of already? Yeah. Why do you think it's coming back? It seems like strong. I thought, you know, I could have heard it incorrectly, but I thought I heard that it's already as bad as it was in March, say, March mm -hmm. and April. Was that, is that maybe uh, regionally, possibly? I feel like we're not getting hit as quickly and hard as we were mm -hmm. in March. Like, yeah. they're trickling it, whereas, like, it was like, yeah, here we are, like, we're going to fill the hospital, right. you know, in one week, and now it's kind of like, you're seeing one, and then another, right, you right. know. Right, So, I mean, I'm sure it is because people are, are like, I did in the summertime, getting more comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. seeing people, like, their friends without wearing a mask, and, like, you know, having the close conversations without wearing a mask, and not, and, and people, you know, young, healthy people, whoever children that don't even know that they have it mm -hmm. because they're asymptomatic and right. it's getting spread to people who are who are susceptible to it and they're right. you know getting hit hard and are winding up in the icu intubated mm -hmm. on a ventilator you know do you think uh okay i'm gonna throw a question at you that's, that's okay. been bugging me <laughs> and it's gonna be something that you know people i hope people appreciate your your stance on but Okay. It. Uh, how do you feel about about the government mandating uh, business closures, but allowing certain other ones to be open? So, of course, we're talking like a Walmart, Target, yeah. Stop and Shop, which is what we have up my way. Okay. Um. Versus, say, the health food store. Actually, okay. I don't know if they actually close health food stores, but um, just small businesses. Yeah. Uh, are not allowed to operate. Say a. Uh, Say a hair salon that that mm -hmm. that follows all the protocols, but yeah. they have to they have to close. I don't feel that's going to happen this time around. Okay. I don't. I I'm hoping that if people demonstrate like restaurants have done, mm -hmm. that they're following the preventative guidelines. I I feel like every business could stay open. But mm -hmm. do you have an opinion on that? And do you hear much about that argument? Or, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on that, mm -hmm. to be honest, because I do understand where they would want to close certain businesses, where they would want to limit mm -hmm. the close interactions the public has, mm -hmm. and that some stores like supermarkets and Target are necessary to yeah. survive, so obviously those would be the ones that you would leave open. Mm -hmm. um, not saying that you couldn't get infected at one of those places, but at the mm -hmm. same time, we need food and we need you know certain things sure. to get through mm -hmm. um it, it's a it's a hard it's a hard decision to make mm -hmm. for sure because you have to think about the people that are that own the small businesses and how they're being affected and mm -hmm. how if they're not able to you know make money they're not able to eat and you know i feel like it is a good thing but i feel like the government should be doing more to help the people that are losing their businesses mm -hmm. you know in in trade for just shutting it down for a bit yeah instead of just being like you know you guys are out you can't do this be mm -hmm. like listen you have to stop 
you know, operating your business, we need to keep the virus low, but mm -hmm. here's a way that, you know, we can help you through this time, you know. Yeah. Last time they gave her, what, $1,200? That's, you know, especially in New York, that's, that's like right. a, a less than, you know, yeah. a week's worth of bills, really. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this has been going on for almost the entire year. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And, and I'm sure these businesses, if they survive, they're still, they're still uh, not doing nearly as they were, well as they were yeah. the previous year. And, and I think there's a big push now because this is actually happening before holidays now. So, it's, you know, it's before yeah. Christmas, most importantly, when you're talking about, you know, stores being open. Exactly. Um, yeah, that one I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind of on the side of, you know, check in on them and maybe there's not yeah. enough staff regionally to do that or I should say like county wise uh, in your area uh, or in Suffolk or yeah, in, yeah Suffolk. versus Nassau uh, so maybe there's not enough help as far as uh, you know the health department just going through and checking businesses you know it's mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know you yeah, know, there's got to be a better way to do it, I think. Yeah, like yeah. What, what, what happened um, was unfor unfortunate for everybody, you know, for yeah. the small businesses, mm -hmm. of course. And then right. I, I can't, I'm, I'm in a profession where I was able to make more money through COVID. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. it sucked, but I was making a lot of overtime because mm -hmm. a lot of nurses were sick with COVID and they couldn't work and yeah. I didn't get sick. So I was picking up because of BMX, but yeah, <laughs> I got that good BMX. Because you have BMX in, your, in your blood, right? I mean, geez, it's about That's time. Right. I, it's about time I throw that. There joke. you go. 110 episodes. <laughs> I've never used the name of the podcast as as part of the discussion. Yeah, we're leveraging the BMX in our blood. <laughs> Hey, let's face it. We're active. We're out there, and and that maybe that's something to talk about briefly is um, just how active people are now. The, all the people that moved up from the city up to we live in a, in a small lake community mm -hmm. i mean you can't drive down the road there's people everywhere of course right. they're on the wrong side of the road and, <laughs> you know walking four abreast you know the whole thing where yeah like people complain about cyclists road cyclists they're doing it walking <laughs> and it's it's dangerous and, the, and of course they're from the city so they're wearing yeah. all black oh yeah yeah but nothing reflective but uh anyway I don't know why I went off on that one. Maybe I'm upset. Maybe I'm upset about that still. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm never ha really happy with all my new neighbors, <laughs> and they don't wave either. Oh gosh. Yeah. Talk about mm. pissing Joe off. If you don't wave. Yeah. Come on. Is it that hard to wave? I know. I wave at everybody. I'm like, I hey, too. neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> and they're uh, like, who is this? I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and by the way, thank you for doing this on your on your lunch break. So you're probably just not going to eat again. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You could always steal some I of the saltines a from, from a patient. Right? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, so, is there anything different about the surge this year? And, and maybe we kind of talked about it because it is happening slower. Mm -hmm. Is is that the difference? Maybe the speed of the onset? Well, I am in a different um, environment now. Mm -hmm. I, I left the floor and now I'm in ICU. So, I'm only seeing the sickest people right now. Wow. So it's, it's, you know, I, I get, I get little bits and pieces from the n floor nurses, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I wasn't in the ICU for the first mm -hmm. surge. So it's kind of hard to make that comparison right now, Right. but you know, the people that come in and can't breathe right away, 
are going down the tubes, mm -hmm. they're going to get intubated and they're going to come up to us or they're going to be on high flow oxygen and non rebreather as long as they can, mm -hmm. as long as we can hold off. But most of them wind up decompensating and needing right. the intubation, which is unfortunate because it's kind of like a yeah, you're bad cycle. You're on it, then it's very hard to come off. Okay. People have come off. I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen successors. I've seen patients that I had on the floor. I had to upgrade. Were intubated, and that, you know, I mm -hmm. just knowing the name and everything, I followed their uh, their path, and they were able to get extubated and to oh, okay. to get better. So it's not like a, it's not necessarily a, a definite, you know, that you're not going to make it off the vent. Right. It's. It's hard to say, like everybody kind of, it's not like, like some diseases kind of have like a set path where everybody kind of experiences it the same, where COVID is so mm -hmm. all over the place. What, I don't know if there's a way to describe this. Uh, what is the difference between the common flu mm -hmm. and COVID? COVID is a strain of the flu, right? Am I right on that? I'm not, no. I'm, all right, good. I'm glad you're going to... It's a different you, virus, yeah. Yeah. So it can't be called the common flu, no. it, even for people that want to say it's they, the common they flu. They might want to say that, but that's not... What's the major difference? The uh, major difference is how it attacks the lungs and the respiratory system. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like flu is like a more all-over body... You Almost know, like pneumonia, just, right? In a way? Well, yeah, COVID causes... We call it COVID pneumonia. Um, but it, I mean, the way it affects the, the respiratory systems of people and sometimes so quickly and, and terribly is like insane. I've, nobody's really ever seen anything mm -hmm. like it before. Um, you know, we obviously have heard and everyone's heard the flu does cause deaths, you know, some mm -hmm. people do get it really badly, but sure. Totally, totally different scale. Very though. different. Yeah. It's a totally different scale. Mm -hmm. Like this. It's just, it's a horrible path what COVID does to, to a person mm -hmm. who's susceptible to it. Mm -hmm. And for people that are very susceptible to it, it is a very similar path, what we're seeing the on floor. the chest x-rays. And um, it, it, we've found that it affects the clotting too. Mm -hmm. So some people are, are getting a, something called DIC where they, they have millions of micro clots they use up all their clotting factors and then they basically bleed to death oh. because they have nothing to, to clot. It just become a hemophiliac. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. So yeah. it's just, it has a lot of bad things that it does to people between the bleeding, it causes the lungs to become fibrotic and there's no gas exchange that can happen after a while. Like Which it's is just totally different than the flu. Yeah. The common there, flu. Yes, yes. Okay. I mean, it's... And, and it's just, it's it's horrible the way we feel because you're seeing it over and over again and you know, yeah, you know, once you see this happen and once you see this happen that really there's, you know, mm -hmm. not much else we can do for these patients and it's right. just, you feel just like helpless, mm -hmm. you know, mm. and you're using an iPad for the families to say goodbye to their family members and you're just like staying there holding an iPad trying not to lose, lose it because you know that this is the last time the family is going to speak to their family member and you don't want to be obvious about it you know but you know in your heart that that's that's what it is and mm -hmm. it's just you know it's just the level of strength that we have to have 
yeah. through through this, you mm-hmm. know, because you know, you know, you don't want your nurse to be falling apart right, <laughs> emotionally, right. and they, you know, we right. we have to be the strong ones for the the patients and the family members, right, you right. know. It's not like a, a situation where the family can come and see their, their family member mm-hmm. every day and visit them, you know, so we're talking to them on the phone, we're trying to reassure them, you know, but at the same time, certain cases, you just know what's going to happen and it's just, it's, yeah. it breaks your heart. Right, right. You know? How do you stay in this? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, I mean, obviously you're, 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 I, Someone recently called me the patron, patron saint of BMX, which I, I thought was ridiculous because they said <laughs> I swear way too much to be a patron saint. But I think you're the patron saint of nursing that we have within within BMX. You know, but how do you deal with deal with this with with all these different variables in mind? And you get people that are saying they don't believe this, oh, and other people are saying, like, how do you? How you know do you what? Do it. Do you just go out in the woods and just scream? <laughs> when I was in my camper. You screamed by myself. I would say that was probably the hardest time I had um, mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. because I didn't have my family to come home to, mm-hmm. and I didn't have my little boys to snuggle up with mm-hmm. me. You know, yeah. so I would work at night, mm-hmm. seven p.m. to seven a.m. I mm-hmm. would come home, right, and I would go on Facebook. And I would get so mad. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd be yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, I want to like kill these because people. One in- How are they so stupid? And this is, I'm going to work every night and I'm, you know, I'm seeing what I just described to you. And everyone's like, ah, they're lying to us. It's no big deal. It's a conspiracy. Uh-huh. There's a vaccine that's been waiting until after the election. Yeah, and like, and, yeah, yeah. oh gosh. I was like, <laughs> I got to get rid of Facebook. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, do yeah. this. I'm going to wind up lo- like losing yeah. my mind. So my boss would text me every day, hey, you want to come in for overtime? I'd be like, yes, I do. Just get me out of because this Because I camper. can't sit in here and look on Facebook anymore. Right, I'm going right, to go right. crazy. Yeah. You know, we had we had trucks here. We had to put bodies in. I mean, it was it was bad. Yeah, you know? and, and that is starting up again, right? I think in Texas they're showing... Yeah, you know, I mean, and they're now. seeing it now in other states. What we were going through oh, yeah, is yeah, now yeah. in South Dakota, is now in Texas, and all these other states that mm-hmm. thought, you know, we were all idiots out here, mm-hmm. weren't doing the right thing, or whatever they thought. Who knows? You know, right. I don't know what they thought, but sure. they, a lot of stuff was coming from those states, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we're fine, what's wrong with you guys, and... Now they're experiencing yeah. it, and I feel bad for those nurses because I know what they're dealing with. Yeah. You know, and I just, like, we're all terrified. We are all, collectively, as a nursing profession in mm-hmm. this area, are terrified because we know what we felt like, mm-hmm. and we are not <laughs> ready to experience it again mm-hmm. by any means. And whereas we do know a little more than we did in March, it's, I mean... Just because we know more doesn't mean it, it's, it's any less horrible. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like yeah. Maybe you can. Pre- maybe we can all prevent. But it, you're still going to see the patients. Yeah, you're still going to have that emotional scale. bond. You know, you meet people. You have your patients. Maybe you have them five days in a row, and then you're off for a night, and you come back, and they're like, "Oh, your patient passed away like night before," and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, that's really like, "Oh my gosh!" That you know, I had yeah. a connection with that patient you know i love them i spoke to their daughter and their son and you know like it's just it it was it was a lot and i definitely and i tell anybody this i am not the same person Mm -hmm. 
now than I was in January. Mm-hmm. Right. My personality is different. Mm-hmm. It's changed me as a human being. Yeah. And more, a more, lot of people say the same yeah. thing. More or less sensitive. Well, maybe maybe it's more or less sensitive to the group that may be aggravating and the group that may be, uh, you know, have, have a lot of sympathy. Maybe, I, I don't know. What, it's, it's hard. I can't it's, even, like, really describe what it is. I just mm-hmm. know that I feel differently as a person. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that, like, I can sure. put words, you know, so. Yeah, you don't, yeah. I don't need you to put it in the words. Yeah, it's I mean, impossible it's, to put it in words. It's just a f- different feeling that about mm-hmm. everything, life, you know. Sure. Everything that well, I had. I know that if if you eliminate most everybody on your Facebook. Yeah, which just, I did just a lot. Leave of- it, just, all right, good. <laughs> So that's the first step to recovery in this. Unfollow, uh, unfriend, unfollow, yeah, unfriend, yeah. unfollow, unfriend. Yeah. It was just easier that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to. Maybe. And, and God, I hope it doesn't come to this again uh, where you have to live in a camper. But if it does, then maybe we should get that group, that group Facebook get a group together people that make you happy <laughs> yes, exactly. let's have your happy group for the for your camper life yeah because if i have to go back in the camper i'm gonna have to really cut down my friends list yeah. to, to people that i can tolerate not that i can tell like there's people that i love mm-hmm. and i know them and i talk to them and we have a great relationship and then i see what they post and i'm like right, right. you really feel like that yeah that hurts me like that that's directly hurting me you know and like making me feel like everything that i'm experiencing Mm -hmm. means nothing you know i'm a uh i'm a pretty conservative guy but i I try not to uh i try not to talk about it with other people and but i'm also incredibly flexible in my conservative beliefs okay because when something it if it smells bad it probably is you know <laughs> it's i i think i think this is more real than, than people realize and, yeah. and I, i'm uh, i i just wish people knew and and that's again this is why i wanted to talk about it today because uh i i think we're coming into a time by the time i post this hopefully i could do it pretty quickly Let's get it done before Thanksgiving, <laughs> before the ten-person limit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's real, by the way. That's just another one yeah, of those they're things. Just, I think they're just saying that to kind of, you know, put it out there. Like it's probably a good idea for you not to have your fifty family members in a tight little, yeah, yeah. you know, area with no masks. Yeah. You know, when Grandma's eighty-three and has diabetes and yeah. heart disease and all these things, you know, yeah. and you right. know, everybody right. might be feeling great, but this person might have met somebody at the store and you know picked it up and has no idea and now next week grandma's in my icu intubated and everyone can't see her because she has covid and in the asymptomatic i girl whatever goes back to work and just continues yeah and they continue their life they have no idea that they even had it Mm -hmm. because they don't know that they had a you know exposure Mm -hmm. um and that's it you know, and it's that's what's happening. It's it's horrible. Right, right. Why do you? And that's it. I think it's a it's a good listen. Mm-hmm. Ten people. You know, you might not you might have more than ten people in your immediate family. I think that's just like a basic guideline, just to say, like I said, just be a, be more mm-hmm. aware of the fact that it is coming back, and 
you know, it is an easily spreadable virus. And yeah. it can affect certain people very badly. And it does. I think... I think uh, the the ability to to pass the virus on is being really discounted by people that just don't want to believe it. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, you often hear, you know, as an argument in, uh, to people that are being complacent that, you know, don't don't you care about the other people you're interacting in in life with, whether you believe it or not? Just put the mask on. And just do your do your part. Is exactly. it really that hard to do your part? Exactly. And and I li- I work in a in a really uh, uh, super conservative uh, environment, um, and I get a lot of that. And it's it's a little frustrating because I know what I believe, uh, and what I didn't believe, my wife usually makes me believe, <laughs> because she actually she actually reads and studies and actually <laughs> is well. We're, we're for, fortunately on the business side, we're all in essential businesses. Oh, like, okay. Thank God. And the weirdest one is our daughter is in essential business because she works at a package store. Oh, so, okay. Or we call them package stores. There's, most of the people listening won't know what I'm talking about. She works in a liquor store. <laughs> uh, but they left those <laughs> I open. I didn't know that. No? All right. It's, I didn't know it's it was a, a New store. England thing. I don't okay. Know, packages of beer? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. We're not getting other packages over there. Yeah. We're only getting. It should be. It should be a, a bottle store or something. Yeah, well, it, you or know, the main reason. reason that I believe that mm. that's an essential business is because you have a lot of alcoholics out there. Yeah. And if they can't get their alcohol, right, they're going to be having seizures, yeah. and they're going to be dying because you can actually die from a from a quick alcohol Didn't withdrawal from acute alcohol withdrawal. I'm going to sound like first edition or whatever that news gossip thing is. Um, didn't Amy Winehouse die that way? Uh, mm. That she was, she was, she was detoxing. Yeah. She was trying to quit, and I think she did it too fast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the it's one of the only drugs that you can actually die from withdrawals. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. So pretty if you scary. don't have your liquor stores open and all those alcoholics can't get their liquor, yeah. the hospitals are gonna have much bigger problems on their hands. Because those people have to be medically, mm-hmm. you know, um, detoxed. Which is basically weaning, but yeah. not using alcohol, probably using something else. You know? Yeah, we use like uh, benzos to help them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So it's, it what, keeps what them from having seizures. All right, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to explain it. I do have one that I don't even have to look up. Okay. I, I, it's, been, it's been bugging me a, a little bit. On the, on the flip side of everything you're going through and we'll say and this is more the uh the the people that are more uh they're not complacent they're pretty Mm -hmm. fearful are there are people skipping going to the hospital just generally speaking not necessarily here at the Mm -hmm. hospital are people Skipping uh, appointments that they would have normally made, or maybe their doctor only wants to see them by Zoom, mm-hmm. and maybe they have a maybe they have pancreatic cancer or yeah. liver cancer or melanoma. I, I'm looking at me because I have freckles everywhere. Uh, maybe they have melanoma, and the yeah. in the yeah, uh, in dermatologist doesn't want to see you. They want you to just send send whatever you got, yeah, exactly. and they'll look at it. I guess what I'm getting at is are are people of avoiding 
um, early detection on other checkups that they should be getting. Like even say a colonoscopy mm-hmm. after you're 50, you know, you're supposed to do it how often after 50? It's like, <laughs> well, I better find out. Just, <laughs> I just turned out. fifty, so I'm I'm, I'm done there. But uh, uh, I mean, yeah. You, I don't you, really know, to be honest. I know that when uh, in the beginning with COVID, mm-hmm. when it was real crazy, there was definitely um, a lower amount of people mm-hmm. coming in for other things. Yeah. Because they were probably scared to come to the hospital because we were full of COVID. I don't like know. A possible stroke or a. I don't uh, know about that. I mean, I feel like I if people had mind. like, tre- you know, if people had something like chest pain, they were still mm-hmm. coming in. We were still having like, you know, acute, um, Marty, AMI, we call it acute myocardial infarction. When somebody comes in mm-hmm. with a, uh, with mm-hmm. a massive heart attack and they have to be emergently sent to the cath lab. I mean, we were still having that. Um, I feel like maybe like some of the less serious stuff wasn't coming in. Mm-hmm. Stuff that could be dealt with in like a, like a one of those stat health places i see i see so you not know? necessarily a, a a situation an appointment that needs to happen at a hospital unless it involves um you know ultrasound or yeah um it wouldn't necessarily be i extra. haven't really heard of anything where people does, like does it make sense though no like, i mean it definitely makes sense i just i i personally don't mm-hmm know of any occurrences like that gotcha. okay. where somebody like you know yeah. missed appointments and and their health suffered for it i mean That's i'm sure it probably happened yeah it, it sounds like something that that probably happened but there's nothing like you know concrete that mm-hmm. i really know about in that direction and i'm not saying it would change anything um but uh it just it worries me a little bit because i i i, I just feel like people are probably a little afraid of exactly what you do every day oh, yeah, definitely. And, and not want to enter into the hospital or maybe they're not even allowed to but yeah um, well people can't have you know they can't have a visitor come with them mm-hmm. into the emergency room yeah unless it's right. necessary yeah, yeah yeah you know like some like a minor or somebody with uh, sure. developmental disabilities you know they mm-hmm. would have to have somebody but if you're just a person off the street you have to go in by yourself mm-hmm. to uh lower the risk of infection for yeah. everybody right somehow i'm going to find a way to end this podcast on a positive note <laughs> okay I, I'm, Good I'm, luck. Work, I'm working on it but i it, i'm not sure what it'll be but okay. um, i'm working on something oh i have to we don't want to leave <laughs> people just like compl- i'm a debbie downer no nah, <laughs> i'm the one that wanted to hear this yeah. you know but i i think god uh, as i said to you i don't remember if it was before we started recording or not but People need to to listen, and if they are being complacent, then just just listen. You know, hear you out in your opinion, yeah. and which is a far far more educated opinion than mine. But it's real. I mean, it's I guess that's the bottom line. Is it's it's real, and uh, and now I can tell this guy, hey, sorry, your theory didn't work. <laughs> no, didn't. The common flu is not the same for these reasons. Boom, Definitely boom, boom. not. And I also heard, and I'm sure you already know this, but the audience might not, but the, they're, you guys are finding that the the, the post, even in, in someone in their 20s, the, the post-COVID uh, healed version of that person is not totally healed, right? Exactly. There's lung damage that is that mm-hmm. maybe they're not even aware of. I have of a co-worker who's, well, I'm going to be 40, she's probably mm-hmm. in her late 20s. Yeah, yeah. 
I would say early 30s. Mm -hmm. um, she has uh, sleep apnea. She has to use a mm -hmm. BiPAP at night, which oh, is a machine okay, that right. sticks to your face and blows air into your lungs, yeah. which is incredibly uncomfortable. And she's not a, you know, she's not an old person. She's young. Mm -hmm. That's um, yeah. I mean, our people are having like chronic mm -hmm. respiratory issues. Mm -hmm. They need oxygen, you know, still right. sometimes. Right. Um, it's really not, you know, something that you just get and get over. Like I said, they're very different for different people. Mm -hmm. Some people, like I said, never even know you have it, like me. Mm -hmm. My symptom was I lost my sense of smell. But it was in and March. And Yeah, that's <laughs> Nobody knew that was even a That's symptom. That's could have ended this podcast. Huh? Oh, man. No, Nobody right. knew that was a symptom, so I yeah, didn't know yeah. it was a symptom. Right. I just right. said, oh, man, I can't smell anything. I still can't smell. I did not know that. And that was in March. So then, you know, okay. by the time they found out that it was a symptom, yeah. it was, you know, it was so far past. I was like, well, like whatever. Eight months ago. Yeah. It was the last time you could really smell. Yeah, my sense of smell. I can smell things, but they changed. Like, everything smells different. Gas mm. smells different. Oranges smell different. Certain perfumes, certain, like, you know, people. Very, like, different. That's probably good, because I just came from the trails, and I'm sweaty <laughs> and disgusting. You don't smell at all. And, well, that's that's perfect, because you yeah. lost your sense of smell of smelly yeah. people. But I'm, I'm so, hearing a lot of, like, long-term mm. long symptoms from people that I know that have had it. Right, right. Other nurses and aides and you know, yeah. people that work in the hospitals. Not necessarily this one, but other hospitals, mm -hmm. you know. Sure. That have had it. And uh, they, they are definitely suffering long-term effects. Mm -hmm. What is your... Uh, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what's, what's your... Uh, what are your thoughts on how this winter, we'll call <sighs> it the... What we could call this the COVID season. Yeah. Because we don't have to call it a flu season. You can call it whatever you want, but it's... It includes both. Yeah, I mean, both it includes any happen, kind of right? uh, no, infectious viral diseases. Sure. You, anything that you can give from yeah. one person to another is, is more susceptible mm. in the winter because everyone's in this inside together. Yeah, right, right. Um, but it's your, what, what's your opinion uh, about how this so might hard. be? We haven't even been at a full year yet. So I, I understand know. you don't, you, you just don't know. But It's hard to tell. I'm going to say with not a lot of certainty that I think it's going to get bad but I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was mm -hmm. in April only if people do their best to yes. prevent people really spread. have to help us out because in April nobody knew mm -hmm. they knew but they didn't nobody really knew how bad it was so maybe they weren't yeah. as you know com compliant with uh, with masking and washing yeah. and everything um, I think at this point people well, hopefully people know what's at stake mm -hmm. and right. will be more likely to wear masks and wash their hands and, you know, follow the right protocol mm -hmm. to keep it lower. Right. I'm hoping, anyway. Because if we go through what we went through in, in April, is it's going to be devastating, too. From what you've Everybody. heard? Do you feel that we're better equipped as far as the uh, just the simple things that, that, that your everyday consumer and, and someone that cares about their own health and other people's health? Are there are there enough masks out here out there now? Are, are there enough gloves? Are there enough uh, well, there's mask gloves mm -hmm. and Gang. really just just staying clean, right? I mean, yeah. 
Do you feel the supplies is good enough from what you've heard? Not necessarily, obviously. I mean, it not sure necessarily seems the hospital, like there's but. a lot more these days. Like, I feel like um, mm. because there is a need for it, you know, mm. places, whatever, I don't yeah, know, factories, yeah, yeah. whoever makes all that stuff mm. has been concentrating on it more. So, yeah, you know, hopefully this the supply will meet the demand when it when it right. gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, I've seen a you know a lot better with mm-hmm. the, the PPE and everything. That's good. As far as the supply. That's good. Okay. And I'm hoping that's that stays news. that way. <laughs> I hope so too because uh, apparently a lot of people think you can make a mask out of paper towels and toilet paper. <laughs> they must be making thousands of masks out of paper towel and toilet oh, paper. Oh really? Oh, because we don't kick at yeah, them. I know. I, yeah, BJ's hasn't at, had toilet paper in like weeks. I thought I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I noticed that the other day when I was at PM. Like, you know what? This this part of the store is very empty. Like yes. all the times I've come oh, in here. Yeah. Now you. It's. I think some things are already tougher to get if you're looking for, you know, a name brand like like Clorox. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That's getting which is wipes weird. I wish they could, you know, up that. But. Yeah, and and I realized like you know hand sanitizers like this. It's this is because the company decided to throw something together yeah. that we sell at work. Plus we have you know bottles throughout mm-hmm. the store, but it's pretty aggressive stuff. I think I'd rather wash my hands thoroughly. Yeah. Than use this hand sanitizer, and I'm looking everyone at a at a uh, it's an alcohol based um, hand sanitizer mm-hmm. and. It's uh, it's pretty harsh on these old Irish hands. That's yeah, for sure. It definitely is. Yeah. So, uh, as as a as an RN, do you do you have a preference? Do you uh, think it's best to wash hands or just use whatever? Actually, you guys are always hand sanitizing with automatic hand yeah. sanitizers all over, right? All over the hospital. Yeah, they're right outside the patient rooms and mm-hmm. by any door. So that's like a rule you're supposed to use. Yeah. The sanitizer before you enter a doorway mm-hmm. or in and out of the patient room and then mm-hmm. if I'm going into a, a room where I know it's positive I'll use the sanitizer and then I'll wash my hands too oh, like as like yeah. a double sure. whammy <laughs> yeah right right double defense yeah okay we can finish up on these I'm still working on my way to get out of this okay it might be with a really bad joke that the kids have to turn off the <laughs> turn, turn, turn off the podcast for I'll just, you know, yeah, maybe I'll leave it at that, and I'll, I'll just uh, say stop listening now, <laughs> pause pause a couple minutes, and I'll tell the joke. It's not a very good joke either, but where and when should you test if you're, if, if it's because you feel you may have uh, been exposed? I would say, like, those stat health, city MDs, mm-hmm. um, you know, emergent care that's not in the hospital, they... They seem to be like the front runners right now in testing. Okay. And then there's testing sites too. I know um, one of the hospitals out here mm-hmm. has like uh, drive-through testing. So yeah, definitely yeah. something like that would be your best bet. Is Unless it? you're like super symptomatic, you can't breathe and you know, you go to the hospital, but. I understand. I if understand. you're not feeling like that right. emergent need for, you know, some intervention, then. And, and the people that are doing that are, are people that fortunately are being vocal about it and yeah it makes business tough sometimes because you're missing a, a, a body you know a working person yeah there. Uh, but yeah I, I guess if uh, if someone if someone has a relative that they're they're in close proximity to if not yeah. living with you then uh, then 
then just go to a walk-in basically would be the best bet yeah definitely. if you're not feeling you know the flu like symptoms yeah you know, it's got it I yeah. shouldn't even word it like that but the, if you're not feeling the COVID like yeah, symptoms <laughs> see I gotta like retrain my brain yeah. uh, but anyway um, and yeah is I was gonna ask you what method's best but there's really just one it's swabbing right or, yeah they have a rapid test and they have something that they send out I think it's called a PCR mm-hmm. that takes a couple of days the rapid test you can get in like 10-15 minutes where what do you do a rapid the test the city MDs about? have them they have them too, yeah. like the urgent cares and all the that. Urgent cares, yeah, they have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I got it. I think I may have covered everything I had, but anything else you want to add that I haven't asked about? I'm more than happy, happy to have you talk about it. Um, I'm kind of curious about schools. I'm not sure what they're doing on Long Island, mm-hmm. but schools are they're doing every couple of days, something like that. But yeah. then they have to keep shutting down. Um, I, I don't know. What do you What are you experiencing out here? When they When they started to reopen the schools, I was very nervous. I mm-hmm. kept my kids out of school. They mm-hmm. had an option for a fully virtual. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how it would go, really, mm-hmm. before I put sent them. And I have to say, I feel like they're doing a really good job mm-hmm. because I don't feel like COVID has spread because of the schools. Mm-hmm. The kids are wearing masks. They're being compliant. They're using mm-hmm. you know plexiglass shields between the students. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did have an opportunity, I did send them back. So they are going now four days a week. Oh, okay. Um, and then if there's any, you know, person that is tested positive and they believe the child has come in contact, they let us know. Mm-hmm. They follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really don't think the schools are as big of a problem as I had originally thought. I gotcha. I feel like they're doing, like I said, they're they're following protocols and they're doing a good job. Gotcha. That's good to hear. Yeah. And I would imagine uh, you'd probably agree that colleges are, are I would assume you, you would agree, they're doing a, a pretty good job too. And yeah. in fact, they're not really, I think one day a week, my son's girlfriend has to go to school, okay. to the actual school. The rest of it's online, online yeah. switched online, but yeah. Um, I guess that's working. I don't hear much about, yeah. about universities now. Uh, I've heard about private schools where the kids, where they still opened, mm-hmm. and their kids that obviously are living, they, they could be from China, they could be from Japan, mm-hmm. Australia, anywhere. We have a bunch of private schools up, up my way. And uh, talk about like an incubator. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of cases with them because they probably brought it with them back yeah. to school. So that's, that's a little a little scary but that's not public that's all no. private so they uh i'm sure they're being as safe as they can but when you have a boarding school mm. what yeah, do you do yeah that's a little harder yeah you send them back gonna... you know back home yeah it's, yeah which you probably can't but all right i'll ask you one more quick question because sure. i think i'm getting you really oh yeah <laughs> we're right we're pretty much at an hour yeah uh and you've got to get back to being the amazing lifesaver that you are <laughs> and by the way i'll come up with that facebook group for you Thanks. So, so you can tap into it whenever you want i need that i felt like not even i, I didn't want to bother you I, when i sent you a message and and that's when i got the feeling that you were really pretty much on an island and you were appreciative of anything positive any definitely any hellos from you know friends sure and, uh, yeah it, it's been um it's been crazy, but I'm 
thank you for doing all the work you're doing. I'm not sure how, how often you get thanked, but I, I hope you get thanked enough. Even if it doesn't happen the way the outcome isn't what you would have wanted or the yeah. family would have wanted, I hope they know how hard and how much you guys care. I think I think the majority of them do. Yeah. Definitely. There's a positive way to end it. Yeah. And I don't have to tell my bad joke. Okay. The one that's... I'll tell it after we hang... After we close this out, I'll, I'll, I'll tell right. you the joke. <laughs> and make sure you tell Tim. Because I will. he might get a good laugh out of this one. And yes, everyone, I'm just going to leave you in the dark on that one. If you want the joke, <laughs> just send me a message. I always answer. Uh, even when I shouldn't. I do. Uh, that's it. That's all I have for you because I think you described it perfectly and it's a real thing. Bottom line, COVID's it, real. It is real. A flu. Unfortunately. A common flu. It is, is not. not even comparable. No. Especially with the lung damage that we're talking about. Exactly. So, so anyway, I appreciate it and uh, I'm sure you're going to help educate enough people, you know, especially people with an open mind that are just lost right now. Yeah. They don't know what to make of it. Exactly. And maybe that's parents with kids like you're dealing with. It's maybe I should just do medical podcasts now. <laughs> you switch know. over. Yeah, I, why not? <laughs> I interviewed an ET hiker, a oh, nurse. Okay. And uh the rest of them BMXers. So uh anyway. I can I can be diverse into a month of, of medical podcasts. Uh the not you know, it's it's interesting that uh, to learn exactly what you're seeing inside the building because a lot of people don't and I don't know how many yeah. how for our community the BMX community I uh, I think it's something that should be done I hope I hope more people that do BMX podcasts jump into that mm -hmm. into what we talked about today and and uh, and just keep that education moving forward and doing things the right way even if you don't like it because as we always say, and we talked about earlier, it's not about you, you know? Exactly. So anyway, that's it. We killed your hour plus, I would <laughs> bet. I, I, it, if you lose your job over this podcast, um, I'll be the fine. yard work's already been done. I don't have, it, <laughs> I don't have any way to help you. <laughs> I can't help you. Yeah. Anyway, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And it's a Sunday, and I'm sure you love you probably can't wait to finish your shift i can't and get out of here i get to come back uh, tomorrow and the next day <laughs> oh my gosh it's not like my wife at the vet office also an essential employee gotta take care of the oh, pets yeah, definitely but uh thanks for doing it and uh we'll do another one maybe we'll do a mccarthy family <laughs> mccarthy family whatever right. uh yeah circle like a uh, round table with the mccarthy family all right i would love that yeah i know the kids would love that oh my gosh that'd be great and that'll be my present that i wasn't able to give right because i missed the jam this year oh yeah the, you missed the, the mccarthy jam uh, the mccarthy jam <laughs> for sean and um julian julian mm -hmm. yeah so anyway hi guys by the way if i don't see you back at the trails when i leave you <laughs> All right, that's it. That's all, all I right. got. Anything, anything that you want to say at all before no, we wrap it up? I think up? I said everything. Oh yeah. That I wanted to say, yeah. and I'm glad that we had this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. All right. Well, we're gonna make it head the right direction, and and to people that need to know. Yeah. I learned a lot, and I'm sure everyone else will too. Awesome. So thank you. And we we got to get all this fixed so we can go back to raising the wheel. Yes, the way. please. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> you know, me neither. <laughs> All right.
Bye, Joe. Thanks again. Bye, BMX people. (laughs) That's right. (laughs)